America. You know, God done shed his grace on thee. Welcome back, fellow podcasters. It's Freedom Friday, and time for another episode of Jeff Fry, an American conservative. Today I'd like to talk a little bit about American innovation and and how that correlates with this most recent COVID epidemic that we've all been uh, going through these last uh, 150 days or so. I personally would like to think that we live during a time when we have some of the smartest minds out there. We have the internet, we have computers, we, we have innovations that just seem like never before in our American history. And because of this, I think that we should be able to figure out just about anything, and that would include ways to work with this COVID virus. Now, a couple of months ago, we chose to act in fear by closing up our economy and what they called sheltering at home, which was really hibernating. Now, this draconian action, indeed, dropped the cases from spreading. But we only went to a false sense of security. Because, you see, the, the virus itself is still out there. All right, so what we're really doing by sheltering in place and uh, is, is keeping ourselves away from the virus on a temporary basis. It kind of made sense that once we tried to restart the economy by coming out of our little shelter-in-place households, that the infection rate would be increased. It was during this time, however, that we learned a lot more about the transmission of COVID and, and what was happening. And as a result, we came up with things like social distancing and masks. Now, I think it's obvious that we all want a vaccine, this miraculous little pill or serum that we can inject into our bodies that will uh, take care of this virus and we won't have to deal with it anymore. If we're lucky, it'll tend to be more successful than the common cold virus or the uh, winter flu virus that we insist on trying to find vaccines for. But in the meantime, we need to let the innovation of the American people to come up with alternatives so that we can indeed stay alive or at least stop this panic and fear that has spread not only throughout our country, but apparently throughout the globe itself. Now, we always hear the terms, follow the science. Well, in actuality, uh, we're learning about this disease, and the science that we have, it keeps flip-flopping, because the more we learn about it, the more things we find out have to change. Take, for example, initially we were told masks didn't do anything, and now we're being told that masks are everything. Uh, social distancing, uh, six feet, uh, but, but now maybe it's 15 feet, and, and you have to go in one direction uh, because the spittle used to be 
as something that was particles in the air and not necessarily the virus that was stationary, that uh, was transmitted by touch instead of through the air. But I th still think that we're looking for the parameters that science says is safe. And then let's let some of these best minds out there try to figure things out. I came across a good example of in innovation here this past Sunday. My wife and I had gone to church, and while we were there, we were all handed this little tiny cup. And in this cup, it had a little peel-back lid on it. Actually, there were two little lids on it. Number one, the cup itself had a little bit of wine in it. And then along the top edge, I noticed, was this secondary clear lid that came up. And underneath of that one was a little wafer. So here was something like communion that the church had to deal with, without, uh, to a large extent anyway, keeping it away from people touching little cups and breads and things of that effect. So the handling was done on a much more restrictive basis. Where I'm going with it is that somebody had to figure this out. And that figuring out kind of a thing is innovation. I'd like to see some of this innovation on our school children. Because this seems to be a major issue right now. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I got grandchildren and, and they're multiple ages. And they are the last people that as a grandparent or as a parent, I don't want to see any compromising of their health. And I also understand that the compromising of the health of the children also then relates to the compromising health of the school bus driver, the cafeteria aides, the teachers themselves. So we want to try to figure this out so that everybody can remain safe. Now, taking this back to the, the students for a minute, I realize it's impossible to think that you're going to be able to keep a mask, which is today's technology right now on this COVID, to keep a mask on a six or seven-year-old child for any length of time. On the other hand, you take the, the 15, 16-year-old high school student, and there's a better expectation that perhaps they would be able to toe the line. As of right now, our school systems are choosing yesterday's innovations, which is the mask and distancing, and saying it's better to do this learning from a distant learning at home, on the computer, as opposed to in-person teaching. And it's not because the teachers want to do it that way. Teachers like to teach, all right? So, and statistically, we're seeing that children or young people in general learn so much better on in-person learning experiences opposed to being on Zoom or something to that effect, which may be good in the short run, but in long-term learning timing, it doesn't seem to be nearly as effective. So I'm thinking 
the solution is we need to change the innovation or the different technology being used. Now look, I see it all the time in advertisements for stores and businesses. They're advertising these plastic shields that keep direct breathing from one another. In fact, you see it at the, the targets and the grocery stores and all that. Well, what's to stop elementary students from being in, in groupings of maybe four to six people in their desk areas with plastic dividers between them while they're seated? I think they can be reasonably asked to wear masks while walking hallways or going to the bathroom, but when they actually get into the classrooms, they need to be in their little areas. And I would think that would keep them reasonably safe. And what about the teachers? Now, I think perhaps the best things that we can learn from can be found from hospitals. How about full face shields? They certainly aren't... Um, encumbersome uh, from a speaking standpoint, and they allow full breathing. And as a side note, as of this podcast, there are currently no cases of teachers getting infected from children, at least that have been reported or identified directly to that. And these statistics more or less come from the rest of the Western world. I mean, come on, we're the only country in the Western world which does not have their school systems open. So one of the things is, what's keeping us from using this technology that other countries are using so that they're putting their children into schools? I mean, it's not like they're not concerned about whether their kids get sick or whether their teachers get the viruses and take it home to their families. So where are the reports that we're supposed to be seeing, I guess the news media, which, which shows us these things? I'll tell you what it is, folks. It has the, the hesitation that we're seeing out there, the lockdowns, the scaring, the fear-mongering, all has to do with November 3rd. I'm not trying to suggest in any fashion that the COVID-19 pandemic, if you want to call it, is, is a real thing. There is no question. We have a virus that's out there that's running rampant, mainly because it hasn't been seen before by mankind, and that it will have to take its course. I just happened to see the Maryland COVID virus infection rate chart since it all started. And what I saw was that in, in March and April, this, this graph went almost sky high. And then I guess we all locked down and, and all, and we, and we closed our economy. And yes, that came right on down the infection rate. And sure enough, as soon as we opened back up, you saw this, this infection rate going back upward. Now, however, we're seeing that rate dropping, frankly, to the lowest rates since the uh, end of March. So I'm thinking to myself, when I'm looking at this chart, perhaps one of two things is happening. Number one, either 
whatever we're doing by hunkering down or social distancing or whatever has nothing to do with the course that the virus wants to take. It just seems to go up and down and up and down, perhaps. Or, number two, and this is the one that we hope for, that people can actually be responsible in this social distancing and mask wearing and yet still be open for business. I suppose only time will tell on that. I honestly believe we can be fully open for business and pleasure, things like sporting events, concerts, etc., if we were allowed. Instead, Main Street media and our liberal left is using fear to keep us down. And there's no doubt this is in hopes that it will translate to more votes in November in a Democrat victory. I'm again not trying to underplay the virus. But let's face it, we've had worse before and we've never been shut down like we're doing. In the 1860s, we had a cholera ep epidemic where nearly 10% of everyone died. 1918, Spanish influenza. We had about 500,000 deaths. In the 1980s, the AIDS ep epidemic, 770,000 deaths. And as recently as 2009, under the Obama watch, by the way, we had the swine flu, where un just under 600,000 people died. Right now, the United States is sitting around 160,000 deaths, and that's unconscionable. And we're not sure where it's going to end. We'll be a footnote in, in tomorrow's history books. But I think it's time to call our congressmen and senators and tell them we want to cut the politics, <laughs> interesting, and help us to get reopened. We don't need more bailouts. Use those resources that we're so easily willing to spend to let us work again. Use this money to go to the schools to, to equip these plastic shields or whatever technologies that are going to be needed to keep our teachers and our children safe. All of us could see how the economy was humming just a few months ago. In fact, uh, as of yesterday, the stock markets were about 5% from the all-time high where they were before all this mess started. This leftist effort to cripple us and make us dependent on the government bailout won't work. We can't let it happen. Americans want to work. We believe in the capitalism system. We don't want to turn this thing into a socialist environment. So I got to count on everybody out there to help us, U.S., get back to normal. And the normal that we want and enjoyed, not the new normal that's being forced down our throats that we're going to have to be willing to accept. I personally love the country the way it was. I am Jeff Fry, an American conservative. I'll be back next week with more to talk about. In the meantime, keep us, U.S., the United States, in mind. Thank you.